Hey, everybody, you are listening to Launch Radio with Jeff and Kira. You see, our future depends on humanity and AI living in harmony. And on this show, we are going to help you develop a better understanding of both. We're live. Try this again. <laughs> Episode 45, Jeff and Kira live. Kira, how are you doing? We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting through these technical difficulties, but we... That's now, what happens when your co-host decides to move to the East Coast and is like, okay, Jeff, we can still do our show. We'll just have to figure out all the how to do that exactly. <laughs> it's part of the joys of going, uh, going virtual. But yes, you were saying, anyway, you were saying in the last episode that it's cold there and it's nighttime already, right? It's nighttime and it's cold. It's supposed to be 34. 432 tonight. So I'm actually kind of excited. I can light a fire in my fireplace and like be all cabiny, you know? Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited by that. Um, I just saw that California is going back on a lockdown. That's, you know, we are going back into lockdown now. You know, this is one I know we'll get to the election, which we started in on a second ago, but we'll get to that. But as far as the lockdown, we can discuss that first. Yeah, we're 100% live. That's good news. And yeah, they announced today, Gavin Newsom, I guess, said uh, that we're in purple restrictions because cases are rising. And so I guess he upped it to purple restrictions, which means that the gyms are no longer to be open. You know, I guess they're closing everything except outdoor dining is allowed, but there's no longer gyms. There's no longer church services. I don't know about salons. I think they're cutting all of that. Uh, we're almost to the full lockdown. It's, I think it's like the stage before full lockdown now. So does that mean, are you going to go back to, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? Are you staying in town or are you going to be able to fly back? My plan is to fly back home and see the parents, family, and spend Thanksgiving there. But, you know, again, I think the most of the restrictions everywhere are like gatherings of 10 or more, right? Right. So we're not going to have, we wouldn't have 10 people there anyway. Uh, now, your, your family support, you know, back to kind of the election, how are you handling the holidays this year? I know that's something that's probably difficult for a lot of people out there yeah. that have parents or grandparents or uncles that may be leaning toward conservative or vice versa. They're liberal. You come from a predominantly Republican family. I come from about half and half. My dad's side is is Republican. My mom's side's not so much. So did you think she voted for Biden then? I don't know who they voted for. They didn't tell me. We didn't talk about it. So they're not vocal about it? No, not well. My dad is. My mom is not. I think my mom secretly likes yeah. Biden. They're opposites. I basically come from the two different worlds. To me, it's interesting because especially being in a red state, even though we're not a red state anymore down here, we're now a swing state. But it's interesting to see the differences between conservatives and liberals or Republicans and Democrats in mm -hmm. the sense that it seems like Republicans don't want to stop talking. They can't stop talking about politics. Yeah, that's all they talk about. Whereas Democrats are a little bit more quieter about it. And they don't really they're a little bit more in the closet, especially down here. Like you wouldn't have known that we would have taken the state here. Mm -hmm. you know? because it's a lot more just nobody really talks about their political views, unless you're a conservative. I mean, do you see that as well, where it's like, I just feel like the Democrats are a little bit more quieter about? Uh, I think it depends who you ask. 
I think either one, from my experience, can make plenty of, I think it depends who you ask or where you so are. So you don't think it'll come up at dinner next week with your parents? No. Oh, really? Interesting. We don't discuss politics in my family at all. It was never allowed growing up. We never did. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Ne- never once. In my entire upbringing, we never discussed politics, ever. And if I brought it up, we're told not to discuss anymore. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I mean, to be honest, it's not such a bad, bad idea. You know, I mean, to the point of the election, I mean, who's a lot of Americans, I think are going to go through um, an interesting dinner next week. I think because that, you've got yeah, keep going. the side that's like, you know, the election was stolen. And then the other side that's like, get over it. You're a sore loser. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of families, especially now, are going to be discussing this topic. And it's really interesting how prominent the topic has become just in the consciousness of everybody. Do you feel that? Just that like holidays, it wasn't as prominent of a topic even a year ago, right? Like everybody's talking about this stuff now. I think it's just, it's permeated into our everyday lives. Yeah. Where you can't get away from it. And that's the only thing that, you know, you turn the news on, that's the only thing they report on. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's nothing else going on in the world. Right. (laughs) And it's, we're on this like tiny little, this is the only thing that's going on in the world is the Trump Biden thing. And it's fascinating because that's obviously not the case. There's a lot of things going on in the world. That's just not being reported, you know? So Americans don't really know we're like stuck in this little silo of politics all day, every day, you know? Because even Uh you and I, I mean, and I intend to bring all the other topics back, but it kind of became the topic of a lot of our podcasts because it's what everybody was talking about. Right. And And that's why it's like, I told you, I'm like, I just can't wait for the election to be done. I don't care. I just need it to be done because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. We need to talk about other stuff too. Like, because there's other stuff happening, happening. <laughs> like there is more beyond Trump like and 2020, Biden. 2020 yeah. is COVID mm-hmm. and Trump. And that's, that's all. It, it's just like, okay, guys, there's other things going on mm-hmm. that are important. Yeah. Joseph you know? just said in the chat, he said COVID too. Yeah. COVID's the other, it's yeah. the election and COVID is all we've talked about for eight months. And I think, I feel like that's what everyone's talking about because the minute you talk about something else, people are like, well, I want to know what's What's your feelings on the election? You're like, okay, I guess we have to do another yeah. update on, you know, freaking election stuff or COVID stuff. But it's it seems just like an everyday thing. Everyday you know? thing. Yeah. And it's just so, you know, we'll I know some other people like some some other topics. So we will get back to talking futuristic psychology. We had a good variety of things going. Well, we still do. And I think it's pertinent to talk about this stuff, obviously. It just seems like the election and COVID are never ending. Are never we can't ending. get away from it, you know? And it's just like ugh, painful. Yeah. You know, it's like you and I have been reporting on COVID since January, February, January you know? We were some of the first people talking about it. Literally. And I brought the ninja like... mask over. <laughs> I mean, it literally, people saw that thing in my apartment and they were like, I had a mask. First of all, everybody who doesn't know, I had a mask January 25th. So... There wasn't a person in America who had a mask on January 25th except me. And I was emailing people, get a mask. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? I have emails from mid-January where I was telling my parents and stuff, like, you need to go get a mask. Like, they they had no idea what I was talking. Why was I even talking? I don't know. But anyway, 
Yes, but we, anyways, we go we go way back talking about this. We it is really interesting get... though when it comes to the role of media. Yeah, and the election process, even four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, the media was not nearly as influential as it is today. And then you've got the social networks that are even more so. And then now you've got such a divisive country. And that's not a bad thing. I think every time I hear it reported, that's like, oh, this country's so divisive. It's like, that's okay. Yeah. It's just as long as it's not hate-filled, where it's okay to have difference of opinion. Of course, you have to have difference of opinion. That's, you know, if we all lived in an echo chamber and just talked to bouncing, you know, echoing, bouncing off the walls, it's, it's kind of pointless. You want a country that's got differing views. The problem is, I think it's more, now you've got parlor this new app, you know, coming out for just the conservatives because they feel like they're not being heard on Twitter. And, you know, I think it's getting even more fragmented and a less control, really, you know? Yeah, I think that, and you and I have discussed this some, I, I really think that, you know, having some division is good, obviously, with yeah. people having their own views and people having different views. But yeah, now we've got, as you said, we've got this, there's Twitter and then a lot of conservative people are going off Twitter and going to what you mentioned, which is parlay, however you say it. But then each, you know, I said in Twitter, if like that happens, then each app is just going to become an eco chamber for right. conservatives and liberals. And nobody wants that. So is it parlay or is it parlor? You know, I've heard both versions. I don't even know. It's like Target and Target. I, I Yeah, I think it might have been. It's a, the split. <laughs> it's whatever you want it to be. Trump won, Biden won. <laughs> You just decide. You should just have two presidents. I mean, that's, you know. That's what you always say, where it's like, why not have two? Why do we need to have one? I mean, I've been saying that, you know, for a while, that it would be interesting, like, let's just make things easy and have two presidents. But people say nothing would ever get done. So I guess that's true. But maybe we need to look at the system as a whole and figure out how could we make something work where both sides could be happy in some type of a new arrangement or something. I think it goes back to, you know, like we all look to like, okay, what's the constitution say? Mm-hmm. You know, you always see that mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to like states' rights and all of that. And I'm all for that, but that was also drafted a really long time ago when there was like 13 states, <laughs> you know? It's a little different now. Well, there's probably more than 13 at that point, but we kind of need a, a, a refresher on the constitution a little bit. You know, I mean, you and I have talked about that. There needs to be an addition to it. The EU is drafting, you know, they just fired off to Google the other day about that they're not in the Wild West and that they can't just do whatever they want. So they're actually drafting new bylaws that, you know, internet providers have to, you know, adhere to. We need to step it up in terms of, you know, like the constitution is a bit archaic. It's probably time to revisit it and decide if that's like still resonating with today's world of the United States. Well, and if, if you remember, I mean, you and I have actually been, mentioned the Constitution past episode, how it would be interesting to have some type of a social media or digital constitution, which I've tweeted about, which would kind of create a, a balance on social media as well, because you have social media and the media now playing so much into everything that that is a big impact in that realm. But there's also just kind of laws overall that I think is also what you're getting at, which be looked at and discussed much more than they are. And these things just take a long time come to fruition, you know? 
But I do think that that's needed. And I don't think that we, we A-B test these things enough, testing different things. And that and COVID has shown us that in a lot of ways, because we're just resistant to, to trying things, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And we need to get better at that, for sure. So in the aftermath of the election, I mean, we all got through it. We all survived. All survived. Uh, I think the panic that everyone felt of this fear base, like, oh, my God, there's going to be riots in the streets. You and I were texting. Like, yeah, it's fascinating that, you know, you and I don't live in a fear based kind of, you know, reality like a lot of people do. And it was like, of course, there's not going to be riots, you know, but everyone is just in this like anxious type of um, world that they live in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was interesting. I was watching the election or, you know, the um, polls come through on, on election night and the media was like, well, there's nothing going on at the polls, even though everybody was really concerned about, you know, all this voter suppression and all this stuff. It's like, no, of course not. We're all adults. We can all handle, you know, each relatively. Now there are stuff going on in DC and everything yeah. else, but I didn't think this was going to be a full blown civil war. It still could be, I suppose it's not over with, but I think that rhetoric of like the scare tactic, of like, what if this happened? And what if Trump doesn't want to leave? What happens then? And it's like, he's going to leave. <laughs> Yeah, so let's so let's discuss that. You know, we were about to get onto that a minute ago. I think that yeah, all the aftermath. Well, first of all, people were discussing riots and stuff, and and there at, frankly have been some street riots. I mean, right. there was you know there were Trump protesters out the other day, and Antifa or whatever was there, and and they were fighting with them and and such. But businesses and such are still boarded up, like from fearing looters and such. You still have businesses in LA that are boarded up? Hollywood's completely boarded up. What? Yeah, we're boarded up. There's oh my God. See, this is why everyone asks, why did I move? Well, not everyone, but I think everyone gets it now. Yeah. Why did you move away from LA? I'm like, that's the reason. Because everyone there is so freaked by everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the epitome of living in fear in a, when you live in LA. It's the most boggling thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, I can't be around this. This is insane. Wait, you you guys aren't boarded up? No, I just went out last night to the bars. I, I went drinking with a friend of mine. You guys have open bars there? We have open bars. We have ate inside. We don't have any of that whatever the hell <laughs> everyone else is dealing with. Wow, because Gavin Newsom, I mean, like we, we said this in the prior one, <laughs> but... We said this earlier, I think we had a lockdown, you know, announced today where they're going into like purple zone. Everything's closed. You know, I mean, they're closing the gyms back up. They're closing all churches back up. I think salons, I would assume. But everything, the only thing that's allowed is outdoor dining. As of today, everything's closed back up again. I just don't, I don't know how you survive as a business. And we still have boards on the doors. I don't know either. I think it's brutal. I think that it becomes back to the health versus they're worried about people's health versus economy versus business and, and money and such. And the problem is, it's again, this split thing where kind of both sides are right. You got to be cautious about health, but there's also people that are getting more depressed. And Well, it business. is interesting, though, though we're kind of off our election topic, but it is interesting, though, that L.A. was one of the first most stringent with COVID. They were yeah. one of the first that locked down and then really containing things, gyms hadn't been open, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yet the numbers are still climbing. Yeah. Whereas then you come to like Metro Atlanta, you know, it's a city. The numbers are are what they are. I mean, they, they're not astronomical, but no one, we're not closed. You know what I mean? So then you're like, 
who's doing it the right way or is there a right way you know mm-hmm. and it's kind of um do you just live in in lockdown forever until the numbers stop stop going up or do you just live your life and you know you stay home if you're sick you don't do parties of people but like it was packed last night i mean everyone's nobody has a mask on i mean Wait, they so, you went, so you went to a bar yeah and nobody had masks on you walk in with a mask on then you take it off when you sit down we have that, but it's outdoor, yeah, outdoor no. only. Bars are all inside and, you know, it's freezing here. They're not going to have outdoor bars. Bars are inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All, all the marins, you know, and then there's, you know, some restaurants are closed. It's kind of up to the place, but it was jamming last night. I mean. Different world we here. It is. It's it's different. And that's what's so interesting is, you know, you can relate it back to the election where it's people live in different worlds. And for me to impose my beliefs on someone and say, well, what you're, what you believe is wrong or who you voted for was, is wrong is ridiculous. Cause I don't live in their world, yeah. you know? So I think that's the part that I struggle with when it comes to, and I can see why conservatives want to go onto their own platform because they don't want to listen to any other opinion. That's fair. I can't tell you what to do. But at the same time, you're just reinforcing the same thoughts over and over again in your head, you know, and I'm not entirely sure that's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, first of all, you've got this parlor app that people are going to and you've got Twitter. But I think that the reason conservatives are leaving Twitter is because they feel like they keep getting canceled. Right. Which I guess they are. But both sides feel like the other side is not tolerant. Both sides think the other side's not tolerant. And the thing about you and I is, is, you know, we're both very kind of open, like we're willing to like hear opinions of people. And a lot of people are not. And, you know, I think that's unfortunate because I think that we need to hear each other. And the problem is if people go to parlor and people stay on Twitter, you're just going to have people in silos. But nobody wants that. So people talk like they do, but then they don't because everybody does want to debate stuff. Like if you go over to Parler, I mean, I have an account on Parler. You go over to Parler. Oh, Par- you do? Oh, yeah. So I was thinking of getting one because I want to see, I'm that person that goes on all news yeah. media. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what is being reported. I don't like to be in an echo chamber and listening only to my point of view. You know what I mean? I think that's really unhealthy. I do too, um, 100%. So what is it like in versus Twitter in terms of a platform? It's fascinating. It's fascinating to go on there, you know, because I've been doing news for the last eight months, I I obviously cover everything as well. So I wanted to have an account to see what people on it were saying. And it's not just conservatives. It's there's liberals in there, like the Krasensteins and such are in there. You know, you've got 500 conservatives debating the Krasensteins. Right. (laughs) So you've got, that's parlor right now. Uh, But... uh, but uh, no, it's, you know, it's interesting to see, see the other views. And it is similar to Twitter, but it's different. You know, there's some different settings and so on and so forth. But I go there just to see what people are saying. All the conservative names are on there, you know, like Trump's on there and Candace Owens. Who owns it or who? I don't know a thing about I mean, it just kind of popped out of nowhere. But who who owns that app? I don't know who founded it, but it, it's been around for a couple of years. Because I think it, oh, oh, it has, okay. But but there's not an energy, there's not an energy on it, because it's all the same people. It doesn't have the Twitter, the Twitter version, not even close right now, no. A good example of what is to come in terms of like, 
everyone's siloing off into their own world. You know, there's the what's Trump going to do when he leaves office type of question. And, you know, you and I have discussed it privately where it's like probably he's going to maybe he could absolutely create his own network where he, he hates Fox now. You know, he hates you know, OAN, you know, it's not doing enough for him. It's possible that he's a media mogul and that he would start his own network. So I think now that the elections happened and before we had a technical error and logged off, but now that we're back, we were talking about Trump and Biden and how we have the about half the country. Like, as far as I'm concerned, Biden won the election and the media says Biden won. But there's a lot of people out there that strongly believe there was cheating and voter fraud and, and that that was happening. Right. And it's a lot of people. How do we know that? Because I, I see them. I see them on Twitter and I see I just, the... I'm curious to hear. It's like Georgia. Like, you know, my sister-in-law told me how conservative it, it is here and she's a Republican. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I moved here and I'm like, no, it's not. And I saw the writing on the wall before I moved to Georgia. I was like, Georgia's going to flip. Georgia's going to go swing state. And that's 50% of the reason why I moved here. Mm-hmm. Because I knew I could have a political power in terms of my vote actually will like single-handedly count here. Yeah. And it's the quiet majority. Yeah. You know, it's like all the people that are super vocal and super angry. I'm not entirely sure there's a ton of them. I think it's just portrayed like there's a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I wonder if that's the same when it comes to you know, in this case, where the stealing of the election, I don't know if they're so loud that it sounds like there's a lot of them, or if there is truly like a significant number of them. I see a lot of them on Twitter. I see about an equal amount of people on Twitter who are saying there was cheating, voter fraud, out to people that are saying, what are you talking about? Biden won right. the election. Right. Move on. It's right. literally two different worlds. And I, I, I see them both happening simultaneously. Now, as I was saying before, my belief is Biden won. Biden won the election. That's it. But I'm not in my own bubble so so much where I'm not going to ignore what all these people are saying and what's happening literally with courts and what Trump's saying and everything. Like, I'm not going to ignore that. And a lot of people want to ignore it, but it shouldn't be ignored. And what, what I was saying earlier was that I won't, it can't fully be said over until inauguration happens and Biden's inaugurated into the office, you know, like that or whatever this legal stuff is he's talking about clears. So that has to happen before I feel like it's totally like in the clear. One of those things has to happen. Otherwise, you're just bubbling because there is a lot happening with that. And a lot of people like I live in Hollywood. They don't want to listen to that. But I'm being like the one that's like, no, like be aware that that's that's happening. Even though Biden won this election, that's happening. That's my I think, I think it's definitely happening. I don't think anyone's putting much faith into it because he is like I read today that he's put, you know, the lawyer litigation team or the, you know, attorney team that he, they have set up in Pennsylvania have pulled out. So they no longer have the lawsuits going there, which yeah. is a kind of a big deal because that was like the state that won the election for Biden, basically yeah. pushed him over into the, you know, past the 270. So yeah. You can already see, you know, and it was even more shocking over the weekend that Trump went into like his Twitter craze that he sometimes goes into and says, you know, Biden did win, but it was all fraud. So now he's, you know, admitting it. But now it's like, well, I'm not going to admit that he won. I firmly believe that it was fraud. It's, you know, I mean, that's where he's at now. 
So what I think is going to happen, getting to your point, is I think that he's going to keep doing whatever he's doing with the courts and stuff. And yeah. and I don't know how they're going to rule. I think that ultimately, probably Biden will will be president. Like, right. That's what I believe. Even like, if Biden won was, the election. Right. Like, I, I think if there was even any opportunity, like, for example, they're hand counting every ballot in Georgia. Yeah. And they're all it's leaning toward Biden. So yeah. that would mean he would win Georgia. Yeah. So even if he lost, do you know what I mean? He, he's already going to be over if you take away certain states, you know, let's say for voter f- fraud. But here they're counting every single vote and it's still leaning toward Biden. I don't know if that's like the, those are facts in my head. Those are facts. So when I talk to someone who said, well, I believe they are, too. Like I told you, I believe Biden won the election. That's my So belief. then when you talk to someone who's like, well, you can't trust the system. But if the system, for example, down here is run by Republicans who are Trump supporters, and they're the ones who are counting the ballots, and they are showing that it's toward Biden. <laughs> I don't know how you talk to someone who still thinks that there is a problem. Or, you know, what's the rationale in their head? You know what I mean? To get them to that point where they still are believing that there's voter fraud. Yeah, I'm, there's some people in the chat now. I'm seeing if anybody says, well, what's the rationale? He says, Lee Miller says that Trump says Biden won, but Trump won't, won't concede. Well, that, that's right. And he doesn't have to. It's not the first time in history. Joseph um, says fraud has basically been proven. 10,000 votes from dead people in Minnesota. I think it was. I'm not seeing, and to the audience people that are in here, we've got like a group like, I, I'm the most open-minded, <laughs> but I'm waiting for... Something more because Trump keeps saying that he keeps saying that, that something's coming like right. and nothing's come yet. So like if something doesn't come in the next week, like just getting out of hand, you know, like. Well, and I think to the point of like former, you know, Republican defense, you know, secretaries and stuff are like it's now national security problem, you know, who are and there now some Republicans are, you know, GOP representatives are coming out and saying, OK enough is enough. He needs to get like Biden needs to start getting up to speed and his team up to speed on national security. And if you're, you know, this is now a problem that you are not allowing the team to have access to that stuff, you know? Yeah. And nine, right? Like he hasn't been letting him have access. Right. Yeah. It's just this still saying, well, I'm still president. I don't need to give this to you. It's like, no, no, now you're stepping on the toes. And I, you know, the other thing is we know whether you support Trump or not, we know he's a bit of a loose cannon. Huh? And I wouldn't be surprised if when he leaves office, he will have a little bit extra security on him and not for his own. I think he will. And I think getting to the point we started when we shifted to this the conversation, I think Biden will, will take office. But I, think, I don't think that Trump will ever fully concede. But I think Biden yeah. will take office. And I think Trump will evacuate. I think he'll leave the White House. I think the media company is the direction things are going to go here. And I think that Trump wants to, I think he'll start wanting to do that more. I think Uh, the concern with that is that I see is like the movie Wag the Dog. Yeah. This is a man, when you're president, you're given some seriously confidential information that no American knows about. Yeah. Like all kinds of things, like who shot JFK and lots of stuff, you know, that is a national security type of stuff. Are we actually saying that he would be able to not say that stuff when he leaves? I think he's going to have an extra team that he won't know about that is going to be watching him to make sure he doesn't say certain things. I think so, too. 
you know, we're talking seriously. The guy has nuclear holds the briefcase for the nuclear codes. You know what I mean? He knows things that the that is kept from the American public for one reason or another. You know, I'm not entirely sure he'd be able to not say those things publicly mm-hmm. because no one is able to control or tell him, "Hey, don't do this," because he'll just go and do it. You yeah. know, I think that's the only concern is when he does. If he does go into the media or when he leaves office, I'm not entirely sure how you keep duct tape on, on his mouth when it comes to like seriously confidential or, you know, national security type of stuff. It's going to be interesting to see how that, how it plays out. Would he be Robert? No, he would be, who was, it was Robert De Niro and, and Dustin Hoffman, right? Dustin Hoffman, I think was the president. Yeah. And at the movie, they, they had to kill him. They don't show it, but he wouldn't stop talking about the cover up that they had to do during the movie. And I was like, that's looking a little like something Trump would do. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But the only thing I will say about it is like, as far as I'm concerned, Biden won the election, but we have a, we have him fighting and saying that he didn't. And there's the joke about, you know, do we end up with two presidents? You know, like what happens there? That would be just crazy. But we're very uh, split right now in the people's opinions of things. And I think for the greater good, you know, I think we need to, as far as I'm concerned, Biden won and we need to just like move on and, and live with Biden. Unless Trump can come up with something that is just so like blatant, which he is not, like it would have to be like, there's nothing like Biden won. So unless that happens, I think it's just posturing. And I think that it is likely the media company thing that he'll go, Trump will go start a media company. But I think the wag the dog point you bring up is of a concern. And I don't know how that's going to play out. So the next couple of weeks are going to be really, are going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, Lee Miller asked, did the election live up to our expectations? Yeah, I mean, I think you and I were pretty much dead right in terms of like, we didn't think it would go to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. because it's not going to, there's not, they're not going to hear it. We didn't think a civil war was going to break out. Both of us agreed that that was fear-based, ridiculous. Yep. You took the other side that you thought maybe Trump was going to pull through. And I took that. I thought and I took, I took Trump, in all fairness, I was really clear, like saying like, I really yeah. don't know, right? but I'll go with, I'll go with Trump. But yeah, we were pretty much, I agree, pretty much right. I, I think that yeah, I think all that's going to be really interesting. And I think I, we got to wind out here in a second because we've been going. So we'll, we'll wrap it up. But in the last couple of minutes, we're going to go again on Thursday for the viewers. I think Thursday is going to be the day. Maybe we'll do it twice this week. Go again this Thursday to keep it going. But one other point on this that I found kind of interesting is today with COVID and everything, just as like a, a wrap up point, you know, someone mentioned in the chat here, I've heard they want to cancel the holidays. You know, I've heard like shut it down. Well, it's 10 or more, like people are still having gatherings. I'm I'm going home to St. Louis to see my family. But I sent a, a tweet to a friend and basically the tweet said, you know, stay away from family. Don't get people sick. You know, be safe this holiday. Someone who was really conscious and aware. And so then that friend texts me back and they go, you know, are you going home for the holidays? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, then why are you sending me this be safe sit home? Like, isn't that like... You're going against this tweet you just sent me. I'm like, hey, like, <laughs> yes. But he's like, if you sent this tweet, that means you endorse it. And I'm like, no, that's right. like 10 years ago talk. If I send somebody something, to me, it means take a look at this or information. Check yeah. this out. Right. While he read it as I was saying, 
this is what I believe. Do this. So do you, well, do you see the mind reading going point, on there? Sure. But to his point, Trump also made that exact same when he said, I just retweeted. I just retweet. It doesn't mean I endorse the stuff. And it's like, correct. So when you retweet about white supremacy. <laughs> oh, is that his excuse on that stuff? Correct. And it's like, no, no, you can't. He just was like, it's a retweet. That doesn't mean that's what I believe. It's like, I know, but you're the president. So like, you can't retweet things that say like white supremacy. That is, is good or whatever it was. Correct. You know? Correct. So I think that's probably where your friend was like, hey, if you're sending anything to me, that means you are approving it in your own life. And right. that, that means that's your personal view. Right. Which that's, Whether that's right or wrong. And you have all these journalists and reporters and people that literally have in their profile Retweets do not equal endorsements. Right. Like it right. doesn't mean and send, you know, as far as I'm concerned, sending someone something doesn't mean you endorse it. If I send someone something like horrifying to check out, like if I send someone a video of a car accident, it's like horrible to watch. That doesn't mean that I'm like, I support the car accident. It's just tweeting something. Everybody does this. This is not, this is like a universal thing that's happening. You may have to put an asterisk. You know, after you send something and say, uh, in no way am I endorsing this. This is just me spreading information. Well, a lot of people need to start doing that. Because <laughs> there's people doing it all day long every day. Literally, they have it in their profile and they, yeah, it's happening all the time. I'm not saying it's a good thing. That's just the language that's and now. May, you know, there's a lot of people that don't sit on Twitter and know that stuff. Twitter is its own little universe. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Or she. Is it a girl that you said to? It's a guy friend from from high school. But there's a totally different language because I do that all the time. I send people opinions. That's like that's so organically like part of who I am. Just the sharing of information that I don't see that changing. If someone asks me what I think, you notice that like I always tell them. Right. But like I always tell them. But I just share opinions. I think that's part of how I think. I throw the thing up against people. And then see what, you know, I mean, it's a conversational piece, if nothing else. It doesn't mean that's your personal opinion. And you might, you know, it's just, uh, I think everyone's still on edge a little bit, you know, and everyone's a little touchy. Mm -hmm. And I think anything you send to anyone is going to have some kind of irrational, emotional response. You know, I mean, everyone's still got this, like, you know, feeling they're in a pressure cooker. And it's like, all right, guys, you can step out of the pressure cooker. You're not stuck in it. Yeah. You, you decide whether or not you want to be in the pot or not, you know? So Fascinating. I think there needs, it is. I think there needs to be a little bit more accountability of like emotion check, you know, but we're getting there. <laughs> Slowly but surely we're getting out of 2020 and we'll see, I guess what whew, January looks like, but, but we'll, uh, to your point, we'll be back on, on this Thursday. So this check Thursday. us out everyone. Yes. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got, Lee and Joseph and what's up, Johan? And we've got a whole list of people in there. Thursday again, we'll keep going. Gosh, time flies. Good discussion. Good catching up here, Kira. Uh, episode 45. Jeff and Kira Live here at Jeff and Kira Live. We're the future and the future is Jeff and Kira Live. Great times. See you next Bye, time. guys. Thanks for listening to Launch Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Go ahead, smash that share button and leave a comment below. Also, please be sure to subscribe to Launch Radio on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Until next episode, thanks again.